the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Show, big, big show here on a Wednesday, 605, New York City, Midtown. And, um, well, you know, uh, Mr. Borzy, when he put together this little intro for me, he said New York's go-to lawyer. I don't know about that, but um, Harvey Weinstein chose our, our law firm to be the go-to law firm. And um, we got a, we got some very big news today. It's kind of breaking news. It's It, it's, it happened as of late. Uh, we actually got notification by snail mail of a, a new development in the Harvey Weinstein case here in New York. So I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to be a law school professor uh, here in New York City and talk about some criminal procedure to let you know how the this system works. So after an individual is um, indicted and charged with a crime and goes to trial, if that individual is found not guilty in the state system. The prosecutor cannot appeal. Uh, if that individual is found guilty, if they are convicted, the defense attorney, the defendant can appeal. They have an absolute right to appeal. They don't have to ask permission to appeal. So in this particular case, Mr. Harvey Weinstein was found not guilty of three counts. Uh, the, the two most serious counts where he was facing life in prison uh, against uh, the complainant was Annabella Sciorra. He was found not guilty. She's the, an actress, and Rosie Perez testified on her behalf. He was found not guilty of those counts, but he was found guilty of two lesser counts, uh, and we appealed that case to the Appellate Division First Department that is located here in Manhattan, and their jurisdiction is all of Manhattan and all of the Bronx, <clears throat> and five judges heard that case. It was argued uh, by Judge Barry Cammons of our law firm, it was written by Diana Fabi, Judge Leventhal, and Judge Kamins. Uh, and we were quite hopeful, based on the reaction of the five female judges at the oral argument, uh, that we had a really good shot at getting the case reversed. And just to so you understand, when you're in the appellate court, it is not about, it's not, it's no longer the defendant who's really on trial. It is kind of the judge, the trial judge, who is on trial. It is whether the um, trial judge applied the law properly under the circumstances of the trial. The very simple analogy I give sometimes when I speak to high school students about what appeals are is if last night the Yankees played the Mets and um, there were a couple of close calls at the plate, 
uh, guy slid into home and then a guy slid into second. Was he safe? Was he out? Could you imagine that today there would be a, a panel of umpires who rewatched the videotape and the umpires didn't rule on whether the guy ran the right way or hit or got a hit. He ruled on whether the ump- umpires, the umpire called the, the calls the right way. And hypothetically, if they didn't, they'd say, okay, the Mets and the Yankees have to replay the game. Um, so here it's the same kind of situation. The judges, they're not looking as to what, about the witnesses and how credible they were and how believable they were and, uh, how factual they were. They're looking at whether the judge's rulings are, uh, whether they jive with the law and whether they jive because judges have a lot of discretion and did they go overboard in their discretion? So in the appellate division, the, uh, the five judges, after months of after they heard the oral arguments, they wrote a very long opinion, like like five times longer than they would normally write. I think it was almost I think it was 70 pages about why. Yeah, well, the judge went a little far here and a little far there. But no, he didn't violate the law here and he didn't violate the law there. And now. So what's the next? And obviously, we were very disappointed when that took place, which was I want to say April, maybe in May. I was on trial, so I don't know, right around there, late April, early May. And um, what we do then is we write a letter. It's not really a brief, it's a letter. And you're writing a letter to the Court of Appeals. Now, there are four different appellate divisions. Um, The First Department, Second Department, Third Department, Fourth Department, they split the state up. So like the First Department, I said, has Manhattan and the Bronx. The Second Department department has Brooklyn, Queens, uh, Nassau, uh, Suffolk and Staten Island. And then the third and fourth department started taking over upstate New York. And um, uh, so the the court of appeals is only one court for the whole state. There's only seven judges. And the, it's very, very hard to get your case heard in the court of appeals, just like it is very, very hard to get your case heard in the Supreme Court of the United States of America. In fact... Uh, looking at the statistics from the last calendar year, 2020 to 2021, the last full calendar year, um, I believe of all of the criminal defendants who were convicted, who tried to appeal to the Court of Appeals, the court said it would only hear, uh, I believe it was less than 2%, less than 2% of the people who wanted to be heard uh, in that court. So 98% of the time, the Court of Appeals says, no, you know, we don't think there are any unique issues and we're going to let the appellate division ruling stand. In this particular case, in the Harvey Weinstein case, we wrote a letter to the court saying why they need to listen to this case, what the unique legal facts are. It's all about the law. It's not about the facts of the case. It's all about the law, why they should hear the case. The Manhattan DA's office, they wrote a response <clears throat> why they shouldn't hear the case, why the appellate division uh, applied the law properly in saying that the judge, the trial judge, applied the law properly. We then wrote a response or a reply to their response. <clears throat> There's no oral, oral argument. <clears throat> and that case got assigned to the chief judge, Janet D. Fiore. Those of you who may not know, Judge Janet D. Fiore was the Westchester County District Attorney. Um, for quite some time, and then she was elevated to the Court of Appeals and the Chief Judge of the Court of Appeals, 
and uh, she's not known as being a, the best friend to a defendant. Basically, being a prosecutor as long as she was, she kind of has that, she leans in that direction. So when we heard that the one judge who was going to decide whether the Court of Appeals should hear the case or not, we heard that it was Judge DeFiori, Chief Judge DeFiori. Let's say we were not um, so enthusiastic. We were like, oh boy, this this is not going to be easy. Um, but we have real legal issues. And don't forget, the people who I have or who are working by my side is uh, Judge John Leventhal, who is a Pell Division judge, and Judge uh, Barry Cammons, who literally writes books on the law, and Diana Fabi Sampson, who was in the uh, the New York County District Attorney's Office in the Appeals Bureau for shy of a decade. Um, so I, there's some powerful people here who really know the law working on Harvey's behalf. And uh, today, while I'm in my office... <laughs> I forget I was on a call or something. I just hung up. Judge Cammons walks into the office holding an envelope, snail mail envelope, and he's like, wow, look at this. And uh, he, he shows me this letter, and it says, attention, dear Mr. Cammons, on August the 19th, 2022, Chief Judge DeFiori granted leave to appeal in the above-reference case, People of the State of New York versus Weinstein. Um <clears throat> Harvey lives to fight another day. Again, for those of you who are saying right now, oh, he's a piece of garbage and this, and he's a bad guy, and I'll tell you one thing. He has maintained his innocence throughout, including today when I spoke with him. Obviously, he was very happy. He was very relieved. He's very hopeful, but make sure he reiterates that he's innocent, that he didn't rape anybody. Um, the... Um, Next steps, so basically that went around the office and to say there were a couple of cheers would be an understatement because this, we were expecting to do well at the lower level. We didn't expect to do well at the upper level. But all this means is that they're going to hear it. One judge who's a very leans conservative feels that there are issues for this particular defendant that needs to be addressed. And again, folks, this is not about the individual. This is about the law. This is about how it affects you and your kids and your grandkids and your niece and your cousin and your friend and your uncle and anyone who may get tangled up in the criminal justice system to make sure that their rights are protected. Um, so the appeals process starts all over again. We have to write up documents, submit them to the court. Then the prosecutor's office r responds to our documents. Then we reply to their documents, all these briefs, and then they will put in, they will set the case down for oral argument, uh, which will probably take place sometime in the winter and shortly thereafter. Um, they, uh, after the oral argument, there will be a decision by the Court of Appeals whether the va the verdict should stand or whether it should be vacated and retried and Harvey Weinstein gets a new trial. So you guys wanted to hear about life in the law. That's life in the law. You want to have tales from inside the courtroom? That's a tale from inside the courtroom. But I have a civil trial attorney coming up. He's known as Bola in the courthouse. Peter Thomas, the master civil litigator, will join us next to talk about life in the courtroom. Don't go anywhere. See, that's a great song because when Peter Thomas is about to come on, because he can't stand losing, um, and he it, it doesn't happen often. Any lawyer says they don't lose a case is they're not a real lawyer. They're not a real trial. You know, Nancy Grace, the TV journalist, she goes, "Oh, I never lost a case. I never." Well, then 
you're not a real trial attorney because Ben Brothman lost cases, my father lost cases, Jedrick Chargell lost cases, Peter Thomas lost cases, Arthur Rydalis lost cases, everyone loses cases. If you're really trying cases, if you're a prosecutor and you handpick like the three best cases in the office that has all, all of the evidence, well, yeah, then you might not lose a case. Um, what you don't want to lose and your family, you don't want your family to lose is your hard-earned money. And that would happen if, God forbid, you're really sick or you, you leave us, right? Life tomorrow is promised to no one. So you call our friends at Connors & Sullivan. It's 718-238-6500. They're going to hook you up with a will, a power of attorney, a healthcare proxy, a living will. If you need a trust, any kind of estate planning, the goal of Connors & Sullivan is to always protect your rights, your interests, and those of your heirs, those who you might leave behind. They've been helping people plan their estates and protect their families for over 40 years. And when you visit them initially, there's no obligation. It's a free consultation. So call Connors & Sullivan today to schedule a free in-person initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. Keep your body moving with powerful nutrients to support your joints and overall mobility. Invite Health is here to save the day and your body with the best-selling Cartilage HX. Cartilage HX helps to maintain the health of your cartilage and promotes flexibility and mobility. This powerful formulation provides a patented form of type 2 collagen called UC2 that has been shown in clinical studies to promote joint comfort and strong, healthy bones. Just listen to what some Invite Health customers in the tri-state area are saying about Cartilage HX. I had a problem with my left knee and had to take baby steps going up the stairs. I'm almost normal now. Miracle. When I climb the stairs, my knees no longer hurt. Stay active with the help of Cartilage HX. Buy one bottle, get the other free, plus free shipping today. Call 800-673-2345 now to order. Again, that's 800-673-2345. 800-673-2345. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. Freehold Mitsubishi com or call 732-863-2788. No, Sam Alina cranked out the police this morning for a couple of minutes. I was actually home alone, which doesn't happen often. <laughs> Marion left with the kids. I was all alone, and I had a little chore to do in the kitchen and I said hey Alexa uh, at first I said play classic rock but it was like way it was like hard it was too hard for me whatever the I forget who came on I said hey play the police and I loved it I listened to like three of their tunes and then you just cranked up some of the police um, so thank you and I got my man Frank over here and Pete I want you to chime in Gerald Leonard Spence so Jerry Spence sure is a semi-retired American trial lawyer. He's a member of the Trial Lawyers Hall of Fame. Spence has never lost a criminal case before a jury, either as a prosecutor 
or a defense attorney and has not lost a civil case since 1969. Okay, let's just say that's true, uh, Frank from Staten Island. How many has he tried? I mean, and, and, and which cases has he tried? I'm not, look, it's Jerry Spence. He's a spectacular trial attorney. But I'm here with Peter Thomas, who I, I will uh, not allow him to be humble. Uh, there's nobody I know who has tried more cases than, than Peter. And that's saying a lot in this, in this uh, environment. I'm not sure. Have you ever tried a criminal case, Peter? Or no? I did. One? I, tr- I tried one criminal case <laughs> in Nassau County. Right. Um, I remember that. My phone was ringing off the hook. But, <laughs> that's right. But Peter Peter and I know each other a long time. We'll talk about that at the end. But Peter has been uh, trying civil cases since 1993, yeah. right? Yeah. In all five boroughs. Uh, he's in the Queens uh, Hall of Fame uh, for, for being there for so long. But, um, Peter, since... I want to jump right into COVID and how it's affected the courthouse. Sure. Because I've been hearing... I hear about it, like, daily... Um, when we're putting together uh, trial dates and hearing dates, but you know, I'm I'm hanging in the criminal world. Imran's hanging with you in the civil world. But first and foremost, let's talk about March of 2020. Like, let's talk about the beginning of 2020. Right, you're banging out trial. You're doing two, three trials a month, right? Four well, trials a month. First, let me thank you for inviting me. It's my pleasure well, to be I here. I have no and, choice. You're my so, brother from another mother. Um, so okay, keep I, going. I feel honored <laughs> to be part of your show. All right, you can ca- cut that out. It's me and you, bro. But. You know what uh, I mean? But I could tell you that before COVID shut everything down, I was taking 25 to 30 verdicts a year. And if you know what it takes to get ready for a trial, to conduct a trial, to schedule witnesses, uh, you know, 25 to 30 verdicts is basically being on trial every week, some aspect of trial every week. And then COVID hit and the courts shut down. And my practice is primarily trying cases for other law firms. I have less than five cases in my own name. Everything else I was trial counsel for. So uh, it's, you know, it's like... So, uh, so what does Peter Thomas do when the, <laughs> when the shut... I mean, seriously, you're just sitting home playing guitar? I mean... Yeah, well, you know, uh, fortunately, I, I saved some money along the way. I had some investments. Uh, I started dabbling in real estate a little bit and just to sort of keep active. But the reality was I was hurting like so, everybody so, else. So just so people know the way uh, the way Peter really earns a living is by going to the court and trying cases. I mean, that's, and he gets, it's all those commercials you hear. You know, no recovery, no fee. I'm so, that's why there's a lot of pressure on Pete to recover because that's how he gets paid. Sure. But once the courts shut down and there's no trials, there's also no income. That's right. Um, mm. Not only is there no income, clients still want to know how come their case is not being moved. Well, and- that's what I was going to ask you. How does it affect the individual who's, got, who's lost a leg or who can no longer work, who's really dependent on you finding some money for them so they can continue their life? Well, you know, the wheels of justice grind slowly, and it's hard to tell that to the client over and over again when their case is four, five, six years old. But uh, it's not uncommon in the city of New York, once you file your note of issue and certificate of readiness for trial, to still wait on the trial calendar for 15 to 18 months before you're told, okay, now your case is ready to go to trial. So no matter how quickly the, the lawyers prepare the case for, the, for, for trial, you still have to wait in line. Um, and that was hard enough to tell the clients then. Now, with the backlog, you're talking about, in some cases, two to three years before they're going to get So we're talking to uh, prestigious uh, civil trial attorney Peter Thomas, who's literally tried hundreds of cases. There's a lot of people out there, because I'm surrounded with them, who say they've tried hundreds of cases. I don't know many people. Besides Peter, I don't, off the top of my head, like maybe a guy like Vito Canavo, right? He's probably tried a couple hundred cases, right? I mean, he's 
But First even, of all, he's 20 years older than us. But even Vito tries cases that last three, four, five, six weeks at a time. Right. My cases on average are between seven to ten days. Okay. Uh, from start to finish. And they're so, mostly, tell, tell the people what kind of cases they have. Uh, you know, the cases that go to trial are, are the motor vehicle accident cases, the slip and fall cases, the medical malpractice cases. And what kind of injuries are we talking about? A lot of the cases are soft tissue injuries. You know, the, there's two types of cases that go to trial. The really, really good cases and the somewhat tough cases. Everything else, for the most part, settles. There's a, a way of finding so what percent, I know, and this, I know you don't have a handle on this because you're always doing the trial cases, but I know a lot of cases that you get handed to try wind up settling soon thereafter because they find out you're the trial attorney or they hear your opening statement and they're like, okay, I better go back and call the insurance company and get more money because this guy's about to drag us through the mud. So it, what, like, in other words, Justice Alito wrote a decision within the last five years saying that nationally, I think it's 94% or maybe it was more of federal criminal arrests wind up in a plea and only that tiny little five, 6% go to trial. Would you say that's true here in New York regarding civil cases? Absolutely. Um, it's only a handful of the, of the overall caseload that actually goes to verdict. The majority of the cases are either settled at a trial conference, settled at a mediation, settled between the attorneys uh, before the jury ever gets in the box. So it's a very small percentage that actually how goes active, to verdict. How active are the judges in settlement of cases? Well, you know, there was pre, pre-COVID um, protocol, if you will, and there's now post-COVID well, protocol. Tell us the difference. Sure. Before COVID, you could show up in court. Let's say I was in a, had a case, trial case in Queens County, and I would show up in court for a conference, and the attorneys would tell the judge, this is my demand, this is the offer, and the judge wasn't satisfied that the attorneys were trying hard enough, and he would send you out to pick a jury. Now, you were showing up in court just to have a trial conference, not expecting to go pick a jury and call witnesses to start a trial. But the judge could send you out because there was a pool of jurors sitting there waiting to be told, here, go, uh, you're assigned to this case. case. Now, since they don't want to keep jurors just sitting around not knowing that they have a case to be uh, questioned on, they will give you a date certain and say, we're calling in a jury just for your case. So there's no longer showing up in court thinking, Am I going to get sent out for trial or not? Now you know you have a date certain. Uh, you're going to pick the jury on that day or two days worth of selection, and then you're going to start the trial right after that. So um, it's a little bit easier in terms of scheduling because you know you have a firm date, but it's also slower. Uh, the process is a lot slower. They don't have more than 20 or 30 jurors for you to select from. And if you've ever picked a jury in Queens County, one of the most diverse counties in the world, you know that. English is not the right. main language. And so you're given 30 prospective jurors to question. Ten of them might not even speak English. So before you even get started, you've already lost a good portion of your jury pool. Uh, and then if you want more jurors, you have to wait till the next day for them to call them in uh, to be questioned. We're so. talking to trial attorney Peter Thomas. Um, Peter, I know you, you have spent some time now in the state of Florida. Yes. And you're a lifelong New Yorker. Um, and but you you're not admitted to the Florida bar, is no. that correct? Okay, no. so I'm, I'm a New York attorney. You're a New York attorney. Yes. All right, we're just making sure. Absolutely. And you're you're you, you love the city of New York, right? I mean, 100. percent Tell us real quick about your dad. My father, uh, retired Supreme Court Justice Charles J. Thomas. Um, he's great. I mean, he's 88 and he's still going, and uh, he's still very much involved in uh, doing uh, conferences and hearings for uh, OCA. Um, he hasn't stopped working. Good. And he's a, a judge with a spectacular reputation and uh, a spectacular sense of humor. But, boy, when he was on the bench, 
He didn't want to get on the wrong. He didn't want to get on the wrong side of him. Well, like every judge, every judge has their own little issue that sort of they they it's their pet peeve, if you will. My father's when he was a criminal judge. If you were accused of drunk driving, uh, you had a tough time in front of him. Really, that yeah. was his. That was his thing. My mother was struck by a drunk driver, and uh, you know what? Personal experiences have a lot to do with it. Let's not forget that judges are people too, and they're influenced by the things that happen in their own lives. And do you find that when you're doing your civil work, that judges are people too, and some judges look at a, a slip and fall case and oh, stop it, Peter. This guy's got a, a rotator cuff. He wasn't making any money anyway. I'm not going to stop asking me for a hundred thousand dollars for this guy. Well, I'll give you an example. Um, absolutely. You need to know who your audience is. Uh, when I would need an adjournment in front of Judge Weinstein in Queens, I would never say I, I have an issue with uh, a case or somebody. I would tell him, Judge, my dog isn't feeling well. And he was an animal lover. So if my dog wasn't feeling well, I had the day off to take my dog to the vet. Now you're getting inside scoop here from Peter <laughs> Thomas. So, uh, it, you know, all right. and those are, that, those are so tr such true stories. Uh, last question before I got to let you go, and you can come back here anytime you want. Nowadays, with with the COVID backlog, God forbid someone gets hurt tomorrow and Imran sides it up. How long should an individual expect if they have to actually take their case to trial? Pick a borough, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens. Well, I, I like to think the court is working on trying to get rid of the backlog and they're, they're trying to settle a lot more cases in, in an effort to do that. But if you are signed up from an accident, you know, this week, and your case had to go through the entire process before it got to trial, you're probably looking easily at least two to three years before you see a trial on your case. So <laughs> keep that in mind, folks. Don't yell at us when your case isn't moving fast enough. Peter and I went to law school together. We've been to New Orleans together. We've been... We've done a lot of things together that we can't talk about on the air. And he's here in my office actually helping go through some of the civil work because we're doing more and more of that here. And he, there's no one better to, whose brain to pick than Peter Thomas. Thanks for finding the time, PDT. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate we're it. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about education. So don't go away. So, you know, Peter Thomas can talk about any topic. He plays guitar. He's, uh, he's super good friends with J-Lo and Ben Affleck. He uh, gave him a nice present for uh, their wedding. Um, but he, I told him, I promised him we wouldn't talk about that on, on the air. Um, he's, his uh, daughter is uh, riding horses all over the world. Uh, but he really is, you know, there are just a few lawyers who you look at and you're like, wow, that, you know, that guy has really accomplished something. And uh, there were a lot of BS lawyers out there who, oh, yeah, I've done this, I've done that. I've watched Peter try case after case after case with victory after victory after victory. I mean, if he had my money, he'd jump off the Brooklyn Bridge. I mean, this guy is <laughs> – sorry, Peter, I had to get you out there. But let's talk about painting your house. Let's talk about my friend Susan at Rhino Shield. If you're considering painting your home, listen to me closely. Do not – I repeat, do not paint – until you speak with Susan, now more than ever, protect your greatest investment, your home. Well, I would say your greatest investment is probably your children, but let's say your second greatest investment, your home. Rhino Shield is a ceramic coating that is sprayed onto your home, and it looks just like paint, but it's 10 times thicker than paint. Rhino Shield guarantees your house will look as if it was freshly painted with an amazing 25-year transferable warranty against Peeling, chipping, cracking, mold, or mildew. When was the last time a painter gave you a 25-year warranty? 
Rhino Shield will increase the resale value of your home. Rhino Shield lowers your energy costs, holding the hot air in during the wintertime and the cool air in during the summertime. And now Susan is offering no payments, no interest financing for one year. That along with the strongest discount yet, 20% off for anyone who requests a free quote by August the 31st. Call today and lock in your 20% discount. Call Susan at 877-744-6608. That's 877-744-6608. Or go to rhinoshieldofnewyork.com. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Should the CDC be completely defunded? Should it uh, undergo some sort of disciplinary action? Dr. Marty McCary returns to Radio Night Live's Wellness Night to discuss this, plus the abuse of beagles. It's all tonight at 7 on Wellness Night. Right now, police are stepping up patrols to make sure drivers and pedestrians obey our crosswalk laws. Why? Because every year in New York, people are injured or killed just crossing the street. So remember, pedestrians, obey traffic signals and use crosswalks. And drivers, yield to pedestrians in crosswalks. If you don't, we will educate you on the law. And you may get a ticket because tickets get attention and that saves lives. A message from the Governor's Traffic Safety Committee. Like AM 970, The Answer? Then don't forget to like us on Facebook. Interact with us. Share your thoughts about your favorite shows. Give feedback to our hosts. Share your opinion on hot topics. Learn about events and more. AM970TheAnswer.com Listen to us online at AM970TheAnswer.com Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or or call 732-863-2788. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Oh yeah, it's Wednesday and Johnny Beach is in the room. John Esposito, another man who put his eyeballs on the Harvey Weinstein documents that Today, uh, the Court of Appeals granted Harvey access to uh, have his uh, trial reheard. Not his trial, but have his has the judge's rulings uh, reexamined to determine whether he uh, Harvey Weinstein deserves to have his, his verdict vacated and he deserves a new trial. So that's the big news here at ADK Law. Very proud of that from a legal point of view. Um, it's a big deal to get your case into the New York State Court of Appeals. And I am very proud of everyone around me, Judge Leventhal and Judge Kamins, and of course, Diana Fabi Sampson, who really, really did an unbelievable job putting this all together. Um, and uh, here's what happened. I'm listening to all this stuff about who the next president is going to be and who's going to run in the Democratic Party. And everyone's talking about Gavin Newsom. And then they're talking about there was some bill that just came up about giving people places to um, inject drugs. So like a, a place where you could go and they give you needles to shoot your heroin in uh, right in front of you. And, and Gavin Newsom didn't um, did, did, did rejected that signing that bill. And that's an indication he may run for president. And I, I'm going to tell you this. 
those of you who listen to this show know I, I really love Europe, and I travel to Europe often. And yeah, I love this country, but I'm more of a New Yorker than I am an American, if that makes sense. Um, we have a very specific culture here. If I had more time, I would talk about it with Peter Thomas because he has a home down in Florida that he goes to. I spoke to my buddy Dino today, who he just relocated down to Florida, Delray Beach. I go, Dino, how is it? He goes, I hate it. He goes, it's a great place to go on vacation. He goes, I just, it's, I'm a New Yorker. Like, I, I'm crawling out of my skin over here. I, I have to rethink what I did. Uh, and that's Florida, which is kind of like a, the, the sixth borough of New York. So I said to Joan, the executive producer of the Power Hour, same way. Um, I said, you know, I want to speak to a couple of people from California just to know, like, what's going on out there. And she very wisely um, found an educator. Everyone knows my mom taught for 40 years. My sister, who I still think of as being like a teenager, is like, I'm four years away from retirement. I'm like, how did that happen? Um, so we have on the line Jeremy Adams. He's a high school and college political science teacher from Bakersfield, California. He's a lifelong educator. He's an award winner for his uh, educational prowess. He's written numerous books on teaching and education, and his opinion pieces have been featured in a variety of national news outlets, such as the Los Angeles Times, the Washington Post, and the Huffington Post. He's a proud graduate of Washington Lee University, and he's married and the father of three children. So Jeremy Adams, tell me, what's the difference between New York and California? That's a nice, easy question, right, Jeremy? I have no idea I was going to be the voice of California today. Hey, you're a big oh shot, and you're on, a, you're on a big New York City radio. This is AM 970, The Answer. You got Joe Piscopo on in the morning. You got Kevin McCullough on after me. You got John Katsimatidis, the billionaire. This is the real deal, man. This is big time. Well, I've got to tell you, though, I'm from Bakersfield, California. This is like the Texas of California. Okay. Uh, when, people think, when people think of California, they think of surfboards and movie stars. I, I am where all the oil is produced and where all the ag comes from. We are about the most anti-Gavin corner of California. This is where the recall started from, brother, is right here. So um, I, I am a proud right. Californian, but, uh, but probably not the typical Californian. Let me put it that way. Um, so let's um, let's talk a little bit about education in California. Uh, you know, it's 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 not. I, I wouldn't say it's the highlight of New York right now is the educational system. Um, th- with COVID, I mean, I'm so proud of my son Luca. He went through uh, eighth grade and then freshman year of high school, basically sitting on a computer looking at a screen. Was that what was yeah. that what was going on in California? Yeah, I would say that it was probably uh, California and New York were probably synonymous with being locked down and all the masks uh, and the distancing. You know, it was really frustrating. You were talking about how Florida uh, is painful for New Yorkers. I get that, but it had to be very nice for New Yorkers and Texans to actually be able to open up and have a regular classroom. You know, we're talking a lot now about, you know, the last three years. I think we're finally into this, you know, kind of time of normalcy. I'm hoping this is a year for normalcy, you know, and, and I'll tell you, you know, the, the, the real scar tissue of the last two or three years, yes, it's academic, but I got to tell you, the students are different now than they were two or three years ago. I mean, in which, like, in which way, Jerry, uh, Jeremy Adams, I'm talking to a, a leading educator out in California. Tell us how the students are different. You know, they, they, they don't communicate as well. Um, you know, when they first came back, they had problems with eye contact, 
They couldn't hold a conversation. Uh, they didn't want to get engaged. I mean, this is the thing, is that if you, if you tell young people, if you give them a world, you know, of Tinkerbell and Peter Pan that says you can keep your camera off, you can stay in your pajamas all day, you can t- turn in work as late as you want to, um, tests are optional. If, if you create that kind of an environment for an extended amount of time, they're going to want it to stay that way for a long time. And what we're trying to do now is kind of pivot away from those habits and kind of get back to a sense of normalcy. And in California, you know, it, you know, we had one year where we went on lockdown. The next year was an entirely different uh, kind of a distance year. And then last year was kind of start and stop, masks on, masks off. Uh, and and so it, it's really hard getting kids back to normalcy. And that's really what we're trying to do, I would say, this year. This is just my second week of school. So I have high hopes that we're going to be normal again, I hope. So, Jeremy, let me ask you this question. Um, it, I'm talking to Jeremy Adams. He's a high school and college political science teacher from California. Uh, I have a 16-year-old and I have a 5-year-old. I'm going to leave my 9-month-old out of the equation right now. How yeah. how do we deal? Well, the way we're all like bugging out about these kids with these devices, do you think yeah. it was the same, ooh, I don't know, what is it, 70 years ago when television first came out? And do you think it was the it was yeah. same 100 years before that when radio first came out? Like, oh, my God, these kids are sitting around a box listening to voices. And then, you know, years later, these kids are sitting around a box staring at a screen. And then, you know, years later with the Walkman, is this just part of the evolution? Or is this really sucking the life out of their brains with roadblocks <laughs> and Fortnite and all of this stuff? Now, that, that is a great question, and that is the question. And, you know, one of the things that – and I'll answer it, but, it, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I've been teaching – for 25 years. And so, like, you know, 25 years, you notice if things start to get a little, you know, odd or there's a pivot in the culture or something changes. And I'll tell you, there is something qualitatively different uh, between these devices and the radios and the TVs. I will tell you right now that the way that kids act today, the way they structure their lives today, the way they spend their time today is qualitatively, seismically different than it was when I first started teaching. I mean, think about it, right? Think about it this way. Our kids are on these devices nine or 10 hours a day. People were never listening to, you know, kids, if people were listening to the radio, they listened to it and they turned it off or they just kind of listened to it. The devices are interactive, right? So you interact with other people, you're constantly controlling your content and you can never get away from it. And, and so these devices have utterly destroyed the attention span of, of our young people in a way that... So what, very, so what, what do we... Jeremy Adams, a high school and college political science teacher from Bakersfield, California. What do we do, my man? What do we do? Tell me how do I handle this? Yeah, very simple. The adults have got to start adulting again. No question about it. I actually... I'm also a columnist for the Daily Wire. I have a column up today that says, take the phones away. The adults have got to stop trying to be cool. We've got to stop being the friends of our children and our students. We've got to stand up. We've got to go into the classroom and say, you know what? Enough. Put them away. We can't have you guys have distracted attention spans anymore. I don't know if you saw this, but there was an article about a month ago in, um, I think, The Guardian over in Europe. And what we noticed was that like Netflix noticed in all these teenage shows that the teenagers were reading the subtitles. And they thought, this is great, you know, because the teenagers – they're reading now. No, 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 no. What they realized was the teenagers wanted to watch the show and not miss out, but they wanted to go right back to their phones as they were watching the TV. Unbelievable. That's how bad so, their attention span is. Jeremy, before we run out of time, tell me about your latest book. 
Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the book Hollowed Out, uh, a warning about America's next generation, just came out in paperback. And it is an attempt to get adults and citizens in our society to understand what we teachers are seeing. There's one great advantage to being a teacher, and that is that we see things a little bit earlier than everybody else. And it's an attempt to explain to American citizens. I don't, it's not a political book. It's an explanatory book about why our young people are so alone, why they're so unhappy, why they're miserable, why they're not patriotic, why they don't know anything about religion, why they don't read, and so why they're go out. Yeah. So go out and get Jeremy Adams' book, Hollowed Out. I'm sure it's the regular book places, right, Jeremy? It, it is indeed, yes. Anywhere you All want right. to buy a book. And regards from my my mother and my sister to lifelong teachers. And thank you for what you do. I think it's the most noble profession out there. Jeremy Adams from Bakersfield, California, here on the Author I Dollar Power Hour. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere, folks. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27. Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where Arthur Idala of the Arthur Idala Power Hour works at his 24-7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind ABK, the power legal firm. Chances are your home financing questions won't end when this show does. So the next time you have a question about home loans, ask the lending experts at Citizens Bank. They can help you every step of the way during the home buying process, starting with getting a pre-approval before you start shopping for a new home. Call 212-857-6668, 212-857-6668, and ask a citizen. Mortgages are offered and originated by Citizens Bank N.A., NMLS number 433960, Equal Housing Lender. Imagine you're relaxing on the sky deck of a beautiful yacht as it cruises through New York Harbor. The iconic skyline creates a picturesque backdrop as you sip a delicious summer cocktail with your feet up, taking in the sun and scenic views, finding refuge from traffic that plagues the tri-state area. On board, a tranquil cruise. Sounds like an impossible dream, right? Well, all of this can be your reality on board the Atlantis with New York Cruises. Fully insured and Coast Guard certified, this three-deck yacht is family-owned and operated with over 40 years of boat building and marine experience captain fred and the atlantis will make any event a great time comfort luxury attention to detail it's what the atlantis and new york cruises are all about experience the sophistication of cruising around manhattan in style on your wedding day birthday anniversary corporate event or you know what for no occasion at all call 212-633-1231 or visit newyorkcruises.com 
Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. song the rolling stones at all their concerts over the last year and exactly a year uh they do a tribute a photo montage on the screen to charlie watts their drummer um charlie watts died at london hospital at the age of 80 he was the oldest of the original uh band members of the rolling stones um he uh was a jazz player and then he got sucked into the stones uh, and he met future uh, bandmates Mick and Keith and Brian Jones. In January 63, he left Blues Incorporated. That was the band that he was in when he met those guys, and he joined the Rolling Stones as the drummer, and he remained with the group for 58 years. Uh, he um, he quit before he died, and then um, and I, I was fortunate enough through my friend Susan to meet the new um, drummer, who's like a super cool guy, Talk about feeling like a jerk. I'm, t- I'm talking to this guy after he plays, plays the concert in Vegas. We're outside with masks, all these protocols. And I said, you know, the two greatest live performers, in my opinion, are the Rolling Stones and Springsteen. I go, have you ever seen Bruce live? He's like, oh, yeah, I played with him for three years. <laughs> like, oops. Um, so uh, rest in peace, Charlie Watts. You left a heck of a legacy. 60 years uh, later, they're still touring. And they're still honoring you. And, and at the end of the show, when they take the bow uh, behind the screen, they have a big picture of Charlie Watson. It's kind of interesting that he's um, the first to pass away because he was the most conservative. He wasn't the crazy drug addict. He wasn't the crazy womanizer. I was speaking to my buddy today, Jimmy DiPietro, another fantastic, fantastic uh, criminal trial attorney. And uh, he he was remarking about the Rolling Stones. And he goes... There must be something with heroin. It either kills you or it makes you live forever. Because the way these guys are running around and jumping at their age, he goes, I look at them for 10 minutes, I'm exhausted. Um, Now, speaking of people running around and jumping around like crazy, before I forget, Joan, do you know whose birthday it is today? Part of the Idola Power Hour family who comes on and talks about entertainment news? Today is Lauren Conlin's birthday, and it's interesting. Today's the 24th, and she is 24th. August 24th, she is 24. Isn't that cool? Um, so I, my, our understanding is uh, Lauren is with her family, um, with the kids. She was going to be with us, but we said, no, 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 no. We will talk about you, and um, her children are really beautiful, and her husband's a, a real sweetheart of a guy. Hardworking guy. Um, I love how Joan is just telling me what to say. Okay, Joan said she'll be back next week. Um, Thank you. Stambolino's, he's he's right there. He's right on it. 
Um, so happy birthday to Lauren. I have to make sure I make a big enough deal out of this. Otherwise she's going to like, say, uh, <laughs> so here at the law firm, what's going on right this second is Peter Thomas, who was our guest. He's actually sitting inside with some of the other attorneys. Um, and because of his, um, I mean, he's really his depth of knowledge. He is going through some of our trial cases because um, we have a lot of motor vehicle cases. We have a lot of slip and fall cases. We have cases of what's called labor law cases, people, uh, workers falling off of ladders and scaffoldings. But there are a lot of tricks to these cases of the experts you need and the, um, the, the supporting documentation that you need, the medical reports that you need. Um, and... Peter really, having tried as many cases as he's had, he really has an eye for this. And I'm a huge fan of collaboration um, in almost anything that I do. Uh, it was Joe Hines, the Brooklyn DA. It was his idea uh, in 1990 when he uh, came in as the Brooklyn District Attorney. He wanted every case to have two trials, two, two lawyers on the case, a senior and a junior. And that's kind of how I, I was raised uh, in that world. Uh, I was actually, I'll brag, I was the first one in the office because crime was overwhelming. There weren't enough humans to do that, to do the two people at a table. And I was the first one to, um, to try a case without a second seat. And it was a two-defendant case. Um, so statistically, and this is when they were getting into statistics, if um, I did not obtain a conviction, it goes down as two acquittals as opposed to, uh, you know, one, if it was just one defendant. And, I, and one of the defense attorneys I tried the case against it became a judge. Um, and it was a really, it was an interesting case. I'll tell you real quick what happened. The, we try the case, we sum up, the jury's deliberating, and then the, um, the, they, they've reached a verdict. Maybe it was that day, the next day, two days later, I don't remember. But, um, the judge says, okay, let, let's you know bring the defendants up. They were incarcerated, and let's take the verdict. And at this point, it's very different. As a prosecutor, you're kind of nervous, but you're nervous for yourself. It's like, okay, I'm the first one in the whole office who's trying a case without a second seat, without someone else next to them. It's two, it's two statistics. I want to please my bureau chief, Joe Petrosino. Uh, actually, he was the trial chief. I think Mark Hale was my bureau chief. And... Um, so it's more about you. As a defense attorney, the wrong verdict comes in. Your client goes back to prison, possibly for a long time, and you feel horrible. Um, and uh, so what wound up happening was the judge says, bring up the defense. And they, the court officers come in. I think it was uh, Sergeant Campbell. And he's like, listen, I can't bring him up. He goes, there was a fight downstairs. Everything's in lockdown. And the judge goes, well, the law says you should take the verdict as soon as as." practicable so we're going to take the verdict without the defendants and i'm like i don't know that doesn't seem right and luckily a senior lawyer to me wayne mckenzie who was a dear friend of mine from my bureau he comes in he's like yo art art he goes i don't think you could take a verdict in a criminal case w without the defendants being present to hear the verdict to confront the jury and, and you know look at the jurors and say okay you're, you're finding me guilty and luckily this other judge was walking by and the door was open to behind my judge. I could see him walk by, and I knew that judge. So I just got up. The jury wasn't in the room, right? So I just got up and made a beeline for the hallway. And I go, Judge Agito, <laughs> can, can I ask you a question? And now my judge comes off his bench, and we had a little conference, and luckily Judge Agito told Judge Kirchie, no, 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 you can't take the verdict without the defendants being there. <clears throat> Eventually, 
uh, Campbell, the, the court of the sergeant, went downstairs, got the guys up, and we heard not guilty a couple of times. And um, it was a robbery on the subway. I still remember the, name, the face of the complainant. Um, and from those, that, even though I did that trial alone, and I think my first two trials as a defense attorney, both of which were successful, I did alone. Unlike uh, Frank from Staten Island who wants to talk about Jerry Spence, I have lost trials. Okay, I'm not Jerry Spence. I don't, I, I don't want to be Jerry Spence. I'm not going to wear those cowboy hats and those cowboy jackets. Um but it really got me in the mode of of thinking two heads is better than one, and that's why you know Peter Thomas spoke about the COVID thing, and 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 and, and then we spoke to uh, the the um, educator from California, and um, Jeremy, and how you know staying at home and and the remote stuff. I got everyone back in the office as soon as possible, not because I didn't trust them to do the work, but because sometimes I'm walking by the office, I see Diana, I'm like. You know, Diana, I was just on the phone with this ADA or Imran will walk by and I'll see uh, Judge Leventhal and I'll be like, Judge, I have this complex civil issue. Like, you know, can I just talk to you about it for a second? Whereas if people are home, yes, you might make the effort uh, to pick up the phone, but there's not that spontaneity. There's not that spontaneity. And there's also not that um, that loyalty and that camaraderie that keeps us all together. And today... It was an average day until that letter came in, until Judge Cammons walked in and said, look, we, you know, we're, we're part of that less than 2% who's going into, um, going into the Court of Appeals on behalf of Harvey Weinstein. I just got a notification. I will be on Fox 5 at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning uh, talking with Rosanna Scotto about this. Um, I think I was on ABC. I think I was on Channel Four uh, at six o'clock tonight, and I believe at six thirty again with Lester Holt. Uh, there's a big article in the New York Post that just came out, on the Law Journal that just came out. So it's a victory for for the lawyers who I work with, who get all the credit. I'm kind of just here to make sure that they're fed and clothed, just like Sam Bellino. He makes sure I'm the one who's fed and clothed, right, Sam Bellino? All right, there we go. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. I certainly did. Tune in tomorrow morning to watch Rosanna for a couple of minutes at 8, 10 a.m. See you tomorrow. The preceding program sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.